Good morning, Church on the Rock. Ah, my name's Rashad. I'm um, the he- <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Already starting early. My name's Rashad. I'm, I'm one of the pastors here. Jason's the other one. Um, we do the Good Morning Church on the Rock. Good morning, Rashad, to make sure that you are present and to make sure that you're here to hear the Word of God. Specifically today, like I want to make sure I have your attention. Very tough message, but a message we all need, especially in the midst of, a, of an amazing baptism. Give it up for God for the baptism again, like. And so um, I'm going to do that one more time. My name is Rashad, not Rashad, not Ratchet. I just realized you said Ratchet, like Ratchet. Oh, okay. I get it now. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to do that one more time. I need you to be loud. Like, let's make them hear it out there. Once again, it's not for me. I just want to make sure you're awake. Uh, make sure that you actually are paying attention to everything we're saying here, and we will get out of your way. So good morning, Church on the Rock. All right, if this is your first time here, we praise God for bringing you through our, I was going to say the doors, but our garage door, right? Uh, We opened up the garage door because of all the COVID stuff. It's such a weird place of like masks, no masks, sit next to each other, don't sit next to each other. I've been told if you at least open up the garage door, somehow that makes it a little bit better. I don't know if it does. I'm not sure. We're just, we're trying the best we can, everybody. Um, On that note, like... um, If somebody's watching online right now and they're like, oh, look at those church people not caring about other people's lives. We care about other people's lives. Um, We're doing the best we can. There's people who aren't gathering for the same reasons. We're just trying to worship. That's all we're trying to do this morning, right? All right, and so uh, I've been gone for two weeks, right? I preached at a couple different churches, and the one I preached at last week is called Mercy Road. I preached this message to kick off their sermon series called Fight Club. Uh, about, I, I took it, made an acronym, of course, right? And it was like faith, uh, following instructions God has taught. Well, this week, as I was praying over our congregation and our gathering, I wanted to, to teach on the same message. It's not because I was lazy, but because I wanted to teach on the same message. Now, in our context, it's going to be different than theirs. I don't know them. I know the majority of you, so I actually know what I'm speaking into. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7 this week. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And um, I'm going to do the context to get up to that. But I want to talk to you first before we open up the scripture. I want to talk to you. Um, so... There's this saying, when, anybody ever heard the saying, keep it 100? Keep it 100, like, yo, keep it 100, right? Um, that's, if I had to, like, you know, I don't do the slides right now, but if I had to put a slide up there, it, it would be the 100 emoji, and I'd be like, yo, let's keep it 100. So this, this morning, for this one-off sermon, we're going to keep it 100. For those of you who don't know, that means keep it real. That means keep it honest, keep it truthful, whatever it is, keep it 100. Like, like let's keep it 100. The garage being open is cool and everything, but it's hot, right? Like, that's keeping it 100, right? And when you keep it 100, you're not just keeping it 100 with the person you're talking to. You're keeping it 100 with yourself, right? So I want to keep it 100 this morning. Like, I'm broken this morning up here. Like, this, that, like that last song, um, All My Hope Is In Jesus, like, being here this morning, that's where I'm at. All my hope is in Jesus. I wasn't sure. Jason told you, like, we had the baptismal that somehow during the week got all clunky. And I was like, oh, we have to make this happen. And then, like, thing after thing after thing kept happening. 
And it's just been a broken morning where I was like, all right, Jesus, like, all my hope is in you because I don't know how we even going to open this place. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how I'm going to preach. I have had a long week. I just want to keep it 100 with you, right? I just want to be honest with you. Is anybody else broken this morning? Is anybody else just like in a place of brokenness because of the chaos and the stress and the kids and the schools and the COVID and the tension? I mean, I just want to keep it 100 this morning with all of you, but I'm asking that you keep it 100 with yourselves. Keep it 100 with yourselves when you hear this message because this message, it's not comfortable. And if you know me, you know I don't tiptoe around anything, right? We don't tiptoe here. We, we look at the truth. We speak it in love. We speak it in grace. So the passage of the scriptures that we're going to be in, I just want to walk you up there. I want to walk you up there. So when you get to the book of Matthew, you've, you've, you've been in the Old Testament, and you see these 613 commandments of do's and don'ts if you want to earn your way to heaven. If you want to be righteous, if you want to work your way to heaven, there's all these commandments in the Old Testament to do and to not do. And when you come to the end of it, you have to have this conclusion of like, well, then, then how do I go to heaven? How do I go to heaven if if James says breaking one commandment out of 613 is the same as breaking all of them? Then who can go to heaven if Jesus says it's easier for a camel? Have you ever seen a camel? Like, it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. Have you seen the eye of a needle? Right? Like, that's impossible. It's literally impossible. So Peter, he responds and he says, well, if that's, if like, if it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven, then he says, then who can be saved? And Jesus says, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So then you get to Matthew and you see the solution to your problems. You see the solution to to getting to, if nobody can be righteous enough, enough, if nobody can keep all the commandments, then Jesus is the only way. You don't sing that song because it feels good. You sing that song because it's facts. All my hope is in Jesus. Nobody else, nothing else, including myself, all my hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. And you sing it and you praise, but I have to ask you something. Let's keep it 100. Do you believe that? Okay, we're going to find out. Because when Matthew opens up, you, you see... Um, you see this recurring theme of, of promises being fulfilled so that God would fulfill his word through the prophets of the Old Testament. It says this happened because the prophet said this. That happened because the prophet said this. In other words, God was showing you that his word, his word is never null and void. His word is the same yesterday to forevermore. If he said it, that seals it. It's solid, Adam, right? Like, like that's what his word is. And so you see that theme of seeing how God's word is like, it's always fulfilled. It doesn't change. You can bank on that. And so he goes around, and he gets to this place at the end of chapter 4. I'll just read it real quick. This is all context. And in chapter 4, verse 24, it says, The news about Jesus spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains and demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. That's the only, yeah, that's the downside of having a garage over, right? It says, look at this. It says, 
Large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. So check that out, large crowds. So we're about to start the Sermon on the Mount, okay? The famous Sermon on the Mount. And it says large crowds were gathered with him. We have a decently large crowd this morning, especially for COVID-19 purposes. Last week, I was doing three services at Mercy Road, plus there's another 3,000 people online. Talk about a large crowd that you're preaching to. So this is a large crowd that Jesus is speaking to. He starts off with the Beatitudes in chapter 5. You know, be uh, uh, poor in spirit, be humble, be this, be that. He goes on and says, now be the light and, and be the city that's on a hill. He, he, he goes on and he says, hey, uh, if you think that lust is a problem, I mean, adultery is a problem, lust is a problem. If you think murder is a problem, anger is a problem. So it's not just what you do on the outside, it's what you're thinking on the inside. And finally, he comes to chapter 7, which is where we're going to be, and he starts to challenge us. This large crowd. Now, remember, he's talking to a large crowd of people who have got something from Jesus or seen something in Jesus, so they want to follow Jesus. And they might even say, all my hope is in Jesus, just like we did this morning. But when we get to chapter 7, I'm just going to start at verse 15. We're going to work our way up to where we're at. Oh, no, I'm going to start at verse 13. 13. It says, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are, check this word, many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. So think about this. Think about this. Like we normally say that those gates, when he's talking about those gates and he's talking to these people, we normally say one gate is that direction. One gate is that direction. And so he's just saying, go this way, not that way. But when you're looking at who he's talking to, a bunch of people who were following Jesus, a bunch of people who saw something in Jesus that made them want to be around him, it would look a little bit more like that gate versus that gate. Because they look like they're going the same direction. They look like they're going the same way. So if I was to hop off of here, and I know some of you are going to have to turn your head, I'm sorry, but... You're looking at something more like this, where you have a wide way and you have a narrow way. Right here. Watch it be locked. Oh, it's not locked. All right. You're looking at one of these two gates here. We normally do that direction, this direction, but they look the same. And this is who he's talking to. He's talking to believers who look the same. They all look the same. They all look like they're going the right direction. They're all here. They're all here on Sunday morning singing, all my hope is in Jesus. When I ask you to keep it 100, they all say amen. He goes on. He says, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs, I mean, figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Once again, you're looking at people who look the same. They're all gathered there. And now for all part of this, this scripture, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many, there goes that word again, will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? 
and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform miracles, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Not everyone who said, Lord, Lord. Not everyone who said, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let me help you with that. He's not talking about people who don't believe in Jesus. People who don't believe in Jesus aren't saying, Lord, Lord. You, you, you catch that minor detail. People who are atheists, who are agnostic, who don't believe in Jesus, who don't believe their hope is in Jesus, they're not saying, Lord, Lord. So, so right from the get-go, he's not talking about those who don't believe in Jesus. Some of you are sitting here thinking about all your friends at work or all your family members who don't believe in Jesus. That's not who he's talking about. He's talking about the people that are sitting among us right now. This is who he's speaking, speaking about. This is what he's talking about. So he says to everybody who's gathered here, everybody online, the 3,000 people I spoke to last week, he looks at all of them that say, Lord, Lord, and says not all of you are going into heaven. Now remember, this is the same one where if you just read up the first four chapters, you'll find that when God says something, it's sealed. In other words, what Jesus is saying, this isn't a, a guess. He's not saying, uh... I don't think all of you who are saying, no, he's saying, I'm, I'm telling you a fact. Not many of you who say, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's a tough pill to swallow, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And so we got to think through this because the Bible says anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Bible says anyone who confesses Jesus as Lord will be saved. So how is it that not everybody who says Lord, Lord will be saved? How, like it seems to kind of contradict itself. What is this? How does this happen? Well, Jesus is just telling you right then and there, just because you make a profession with your words, it doesn't mean you have a place with the Lord. Let me give you an example. Early, you guys know I'm very vulnerable and transparent. I told my wife for years, you are my wife. I made a profession with my lips, but I didn't live that life out for eight years. Now, anybody who's ever been cheated on, anybody who's ever been wronged in their relationship, do you know what that feels like when you say, okay, this person is saying all the right things to me, but their lives are completely different? Anybody been in a relationship like that? So it makes sense that you can say one thing and be doing something completely different. Just because you confess them with your lips does not mean that you really mean that. A profession with the lips does not secure you a place with the Lord. So I want you to think about that because this is like, this is where we are. This is, this is, where, this is where Sunday mornings get dangerous. Because you start finding your, your, um, your standard. You start finding your standard for what makes you a, a disciple of Christ or a good Christian based on this. 
I came in here and Rashad, I sang that song. You should have heard me. Like, like Tyler can sing, but boy, I don't know. I was getting it today. Right? And so surely I'm a good Christian. Surely I'm going to heaven because I sang the words to that song. Or you know what, Rashad? I know, I know we wait on the people, but I just want to let you know I was on time. Surely I'm going to heaven. Like, I was on time. I don't, I don't know about the rest of these folks in here, but I was on time. Like, you, you're, you're looking at this Sunday morning thing and saying, I'm going to heaven because of what's happening on Sunday morning. Jesus looks at the, the millions that gathers on Sunday morning, the billions, perhaps, that gathers on a Sunday morning in America and says, <laughs> not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, that includes us. That includes me. Being up here doesn't make me any closer to Jesus than you. I could preach and do all this stuff up here, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm going to heaven just because I profess something. So think about that. Because think what you're saying when you call Jesus Lord. Do you understand what that means? See, everybody wants a Savior. Nobody or very few want a Lord. Everybody doesn't want to go to hell, but very few want to surrender their lives to Jesus as Lord. Lord, meaning you have full control over my life. You know what? In this day and age with the mask on, mask off, and all the racial tension and everything else, I see religion becoming more about your rights than his righteousness. Remember, you don't belong to you. You don't belong to you. You, you, you. We literally say we are slaves to Christ. The love of Christ controls us. I no longer live for myself. I live for him who died for me. I don't see that today. Many people say, Lord, Lord. But then they post what they want to on their Facebook. So let me guess, Jesus got you full surrender on Sunday morning, but Sunday night you could, you could post whatever you want to, right? Because he's Lord of your life, but not your Facebook. Oh, y'all don't like me this morning, do you? Hey, somebody else might have to do the baptism. I'm going to I'm have to run out of here. This, I'm going to have to run out of here after this one, right? He says, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So this is what happens. Everybody wants the invitation. Nobody wants the challenge. Everybody wants the invitation. Nobody wants the expectation. Like, check this out. Check this out. I was that guy back in high school, or actually a couple years ago even, right? You invite me to something, free food? Free entertainment, free all of that, I'm there. Oh, and bring a side. Never mind, I'm busy. That's me. Ask, ask Church on the Rock. Like for the longest, right? I had, to, I had to grow in this area of my life, okay? I had to grow in this area. But if you invited me to something and it was free everything, I'm the first one there. I'm early and I'm never early, right? But as soon as you told me to bring something, <laughs> y'all just going this morning, huh? Okay. <laughs> As soon as you told me to bring something with me, I ain't showing up. I mean, like, I, I don't drink. 
I'm a former alcoholic. I can't drink, and there's a whole bunch of division on that. But people know, I mean, I'm just talking to the culture. Bring your own beer, right? People be like, never mind. That's going to be a boring party. Why? Because I got to bring something. This is what's happening here. Remember, everybody's gathered because Jesus has been doing all these miraculous things, and they see something they can get out of it, and then Jesus starts to talk to you about the expectation or the cost of discipleship. You see, you see, check this out. Being delivered is free. Being discipled will cost you everything. See, see, the Bible says in Colossians, like 1.13, that we are born into one kingdom, Adam, I do this every time because you're always right there. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Adam was born here. Yeah, get down here. Come on. Adam was born here. And, and it says in Colossians 1.13 that God, through Christ, transferred Adam. We're holding hands. <laughs> transferred Adam. And I'm sweaty. I'm so sorry. That just called that the blood of Jesus. All right, all right. <laughs> and transferred Adam into his kingdom. He delivered Adam from the kingdom over there. Yep, yep, go back over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> he delivered Adam from this kingdom over into his kingdom. Notice something. Both are kingdoms. There's authority over there. There's authority over here. You just transferred authority. It's still not about your rights. It's about his, right? And so that part is free. That's free. You, you come on in. But if you're going to be here, there's a different standard of life that should be happening inside of you because of the Holy Spirit. This is where we, ah, hold on, what you mean? Like, I thought it was free. It is free, but discipleship, becoming his, it, it's going to cost you everything because you died to yourself. Thank you, Adam. Give it up for Adam. All right? <laughs> you, you died to yourself. You take up your cross. This is a death. It costs you your entire life. We don't live like that. We say the right thing. We profess the right thing with our words. But we, we, we don't want any expectations. This is what's going on with the church today. Yes, come as you are. What are, what are you? Are you a homosexual? Come on. Transsexual? Come on. Adulterer, come on. Drunk, come on. Drug addict, come on. What are you going through? Come as you are. Everybody is invited. But the Bible says that you will change and then you'll be challenged. It's an invitation that leads to transformation that leads to expectation. Jesus said in Matthew 4.19, he says, follow me. That's the invitation. And I will make you, that's the transformation, fishers of men. That's the expectation. All we want is to follow me. Why? Because all we want to do is not go to hell. That's not the gospel. We're living in this world in, in, this, in this crazy, like, false gospel that says, I'm only worried about where I go if I die tonight. I'm only worried about where I go if Jesus returns today. But the full gospel says I'm worried about what I'm going to do if I live today. All of you here woke up. If you believe in Jesus as Lord, what are you doing today? Not what are you waiting for. The Bible says he died so that we could live for him. 
not wait around for him. Many will say, Lord, Lord, and I will say, I mean, excuse me, many will say, Lord, Lord, um, I'm not, let me just read it, okay? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. He who does what my Father says. So, so what you profess with your words will not get you a place with the Lord. What you profess with your words does not secure your place with the Lord. But he goes on. Look at this. He says, many, so out of everyone, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform miracles? So look at this. It's not just about what you profess with your words. It's about what you perform (laughs) with your works. It's not just what you profess, it's what you perform. So many will say, Lord, Lord, and then they will go through the performance of being baptized. And surely now they're going to heaven. I said it with my mouth, and I did the baptism thingy that you, you guys told me to do. I show up on Sunday, and since I'm performing all of this, surely my performance will get me in heaven. I mean, did you see when they baptized me? Like, they did the slow motion picture, and I, like, came up and was like, ah. <laughs> like, you should have seen it. Surely I'm going to heaven. I mean, I'm on the worship team. I preach a little bit. When nobody wants to be with the kids, I'm with the kids. Like, surely I'm going to heaven. But listen, like, listen to this real quick. Listen to the details. Listen to what it says. It says, many, many. Okay, so, so everyone that says, Lord, Lord, that's 100%. But many means more than 50%, right? So more than 50% of those who say, Lord, Lord, (laughs) on that day are going to say this. Did we not prophesy, cast out demons, perform miracles? In other words, didn't we do enough? But if you're here this morning, you just sang a song that said, all my hope is in Jesus. Not all my hope is in what I did. Can you see how they don't know the gospel right there? They're saying, Lord, Lord. That's what they were taught to say. And they did the baptism, and and they prophesied, and they cast out demons. They performed all these miracles, and they're like, didn't I I do this in your name? Didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I? Can you hear what the problem is there? Your only hope is in Jesus. So for those of you who, who, who look down on people because they don't attend church enough. Or they don't, they don't, they, you, got, you got this little, you know, checklist of things people need to do for you to consider them a good Christian. Uh, they don't go to church enough. They don't post on Facebook about God enough. They don't, they, well, well, when they get to heaven, God ain't going to be like, hey, uh, I looked at all 10,000 posts, like 6,000 were not right, sorry. <laughs> No, he's going to look, and I've told you guys this before, when you stand before God, you will stand before him, and it's a matter if he sees the blood of his son. You know when we say covered in the blood? That's what that means. Does he see Jesus or does he see you? I'm sorry, but I don't care how good you think I can preach. I ain't preaching my way into heaven. I don't care what kind of life you think I'm living. It ain't going to get me into heaven. The only thing getting me into heaven is when I stand before God, if he, if he sees me and sees his son. If he sees me and sees his son, that is the only access into the kingdom. So many are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do enough to get to heaven? And he'll say, no, because you could never do enough to get to heaven. 
The Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, that your righteous deeds are filthy minstrel rags. Sorry for the kids that know what that means. Like, that's, your, your good deeds without Jesus is filthy women's time of the month stuff. That's the best way I can say it clean. <laughs> in his eyes. So what does that tell you about everything you're doing on your own? It's not enough, right? It's not enough. So not just what you profess, but what you perform is not enough. So what is it about, Rashad? Like, if, okay, I hear you, man. It's not what I profess. It's not what I perform. So where's your other P, man? Well, here it is. <laughs> and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who, there it is, practice lawlessness. Man, y'all better take this message home. It's hot up here. So it's, it's what you practice. And if you look at the context of that, of that scripture, when he's talking about good fruit comes from a good tree, bad fruit comes from a bad tree. See, here's the thing, y'all. I used to do theater. Anybody see Hamilton, by the way? Yeah. Hey, thank you. Hamilton lovers, th- amen. All right. It was a great performance, right? Like, it's the best musical ever. My wife is giving me the side eye because <clears throat> she's sick of Hamilton. Everybody look at her, make her, yeah, I'm going to get in trouble for that. All right, now, (laughs) so it was a great performance, but if you go and you see all those people off the stage, they're completely different people because they were putting on a performance. A lot of you come in here and you're like, Hamilton, you're great performers. You're, you're, You're great at it, but this is about keeping it 100, right? Like, some of you asked me this morning, Sarah, Lucy, a couple, was like, hey, how you doing? I was like, man, I'm doing... I was like, I ain't doing good. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> like, I, I was like, oh, I was, I'm doing pretty. Eh, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not doing good at all. I'm not gonna perform for you, because if I perform, then I won't get the prayers I need. If I perform, I won't. I, you see what I'm saying? Like, and if you come to church on the rock, like we, we gonna keep it real with you. Like, we notice some stuff that ain't all together, but we're not gonna put on a performance for you either. This is who we are. We're growing at this thing, right? Well. Well, Jesus is like, hey, a lot of people who say, Lord, Lord, they're putting on a performance. What do you practice? Because what you practice is actually the overflow of what's really going on inside of you. See, for an hour and 30 minutes on Sunday morning, I can be whatever you need me to be. I can be the preacher, right? I can be the pastor. Everything is good. God is good. Yeah, uh-huh. God, yeah. <laughs> right? I can do all that on a Sunday morning. But my wife and my daughter's like, he ain't all happy all throughout the week. And he ain't, he ain't all holy all throughout the week. He's struggling with some things. He's got some stuff going on. That's just a performance. So, so <laughs> what are, why are y'all performing here? And, and I ask that because in Luke 6.46, which is a text that's right in the same area, like it's pretty much another version of this text. In Luke 6.46, Jesus says, why do you or y'all, why do y'all call me Lord and don't do as I say? Let's keep it 100. Let's keep it 100. Why do you call Jesus Lord and don't do what he says? I want you to like ask yourself that, like, Let's just, let's just be real. 
Why do you call Jesus Lord? Why are you here this morning if you are a believer? I'm not talking to the non-believers right now. Matter of fact, the church gathering, the ecclesia, is for me to equip those who are believers. Those of you who are non-believers, you will hear the gospel. You've actually heard it already. But I'm here to teach the saints to do the work of the ministry. Now, here's my question. Why do you call Jesus Lord and you don't do what he says? I mean, I kind of feel what he feels because I'll be like, why y'all call me pastor? And don't respond or live out the scriptures I'm preaching. But I'm not Jesus. That's why I got to point back to Jesus. Why do you call him Lord and you don't do what he says? Just like, let me know, like, because the answer to that question, that's your idol. Whatever the answer is, that's your idol. Why do you call Jesus Lord and you don't do what he says? And if that's, and if that's something you practice, if it's a daily thing, if it's something where, like, we're like, you don't even struggle with it. You don't even wrestle with it. You just kind of lay down in it like, ah, I said the right thing. I went to church Sunday. I said the right thing. Well, then you're practicing lawlessness. Remember, practice is like walk. And Jesus says, if that's you, then I'm going to say, depart from me. He says, I will declare. In other words, I will confess, homo legeo, I will agree with God that if you're practicing these things, then depart from me. You will not enter the kingdom. So I want you to keep it 100 because we, we're in this culture here where it's, it's all about high invitation, low challenge. Everybody come in, say the right thing, look the right way, and everybody's saved. Hey, you get a salvation, you get a salvation, you get a salvation, right? And after Sunday, we don't care what you do. Not here, y'all. Not as long as I'm the pastor. But here's the thing, I can't watch over 300 people. So if this is all you get for your walk, is this Sunday morning thing, this, this, this box thing that we do here? Well, let me tell you something, that's a high invitation, and no matter how hard I preach, it's still a low challenge. Why? Because the only challenge you're getting is during this 45, 50 minutes of preaching, and if that's all you're getting, then what's happening the rest of the week? You're, oh, you get goosebumps on Sunday morning. Ooh. But if your goosebumps don't cause you to grow in Christ, they're just goosebumps. Y'all say that's the Holy Spirit. That ain't the Holy Spirit. It's just a goosebump. You, you're emotionally manipulating yourself. Oh, I just felt something on Sundays. Some of us during COVID, that's what we said. We said, we said oh, I just, it just doesn't feel the same at home. What are you feeling? Because your feelings, your heart is deceitful. My, I'm not worried about what you're feeling. My question is, what are you living? What are you living? This is what Jesus was worried about. Hey, I, I hear your profession. Amen. I know you got baptized in your performance. Amen. Now, what does that lead to in your practice? This is why when people say, hey, when you baptized that one person, did, was it real? I go, we'll see. <laughs> Look at We'll see. I, that's, that, I, don't, I know what they said to me, and I, and I know what they're doing in front of me, but we'll see. Because you can perform in front of me. Here's the thing. Quit trying to convince the pastor that you're saved. I, when we get to heaven, he's not going to say, Rashad, is this the real deal? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, on Sundays it was the real deal, but I don't know nothing about them throughout the week. Father, you know. 
So quit, quit putting on a performance for, for me and for each other. Keep it 100. That's what this is about. So I'm, um, whew, I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm really hot. Like, this is, this is amazingly hot. I was talking about playing tennis today. <clears throat> Not happening. I'm, yeah, we playing tennis. I'm just playing. Look, she's like, yeah, you promised. Now, you said it with your lips, but you're not living it. You see what I'm saying? You see how quick that works? All morning long. Baby, I can't wait to play tennis after. Man, we're going to play. Now I'm up here. I'm like, eh, that's a hot challenge about that, right? So this, this is what I want. Okay, first and foremost, I, I want to do this. For those of you who are here who, who don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, okay, this, is, this part right here, and, and even for believers, I want you to hear this, okay? Hell is real. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to repeat that. Hell, hell, eternal flame, uh, <laughs> eternal fire, um, eternal death, um, not in the, he said, depart from me, right? So depart from me, that means not in the presence of Jesus. That's hell. That, that's hell. It's real. To not be in the, not, to not eternally be in the presence of Jesus is real. And here's the thing, everybody. When you're born, this is where you start. All are sinners. I'm, I'm no better than you. I don't care your skin color. I said it at Mercy Road. Here's the beautiful thing about sin. With all the racial tension going on right now about black, white, and everything else, we find unity in the fact that we all need the same Savior. There's your unity. We're all sick and need the same solution. So, so I don't care what color you are. You ain't got no privilege to the kingdom. Period. That's just real. Okay, so hell is real. And when you are born, you are born as a sinner, which means you are born in a relationship with Jesus, in, in a relationship with God where you have an enmity. You are enemy. Spiritually, you are ISIS to Jesus. But the beauty of the gospel is this. That's when he died for you. While you were helpless, while you were ungodly, while you were a sinner, while you were his enemy, that's when he died for everybody in here. Now, the thing is, that's, an, that's a free invitation. The Bible says if you just believe in Jesus, if you confess him as Lord and believe that he was raised from the grave three days later after his death, you will be saved. But here's the thing with that confession. We said it last year. Belief births behavior. Everybody who can, take your feet off the ground right now. Everybody. Take your feet off the ground. Everybody take their feet off the ground. Yep, yep, yep. That's called faith. See, you actually believe that what's holding you is holding you, right? And so you took your feet off the ground believing that the chair can hold you, right? Is it holding you? Is it hold? Take your feet off the ground. <laughs> it's also a good workout. but <laughs> You can put them down. You can put them down. But you took your feet off the ground because what you believe about the chair led to a behavior where you can do that. I didn't see them taking their feet off the ground. It's like, ain't nothing to hold me. Do you actually believe Jesus can hold you? Do you actually believe that Jesus can sustain all of your weight, your marriage, your parenting, your finances, every area of your life? You could take your feet off the ground. Jesus can sustain it. Will you place that kind of trust in Jesus? If you do, if you truly do, you receive what we call the Holy Spirit, and it does the work for you. This is why we say come as you are. Why? Because when you believe in Jesus, he does the work. 
You don't have to do the work. I'm still trying to figure out how I preach every week. It ain't me. I, I almost failed out of high school. Y'all know that. Like, I'm not a smart dude. This is all Jesus. Every time you hear something, you're like, man, that, that moved me. You're so educated. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's, it's, that's why he gets all the glory. You see that? So, so we ask you, we beg you every week to surrender your life today because you don't know about tomorrow. If hell is real, you could walk out here today, Lord forbid, and get hit by something that ends your life today, and it's too late. It's a free invitation to everybody. It costs you nothing, and yet it will cost you everything. That's where I'm talking to the saints now. Keep it 100. Keep it 100 with yourself. Stop calling Jesus Lord and not obeying him. Three simple commandments, uh, basically. Love God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love others the way you love yourself, which is all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And here's the one that most Christians fail at. Make disciples. Just think about this real quick. Who in this room can you, can, can you honestly say outside of your household, you're actively making a disciple for Jesus? You don't have to raise your hand. Because that's a whole lot of hands that didn't get raised. My <laughs> but keep it 100 with yourself. This is, a, this is a command. Go make disciples. Who are you actively leading to Christ? Who are you actively walking with? So what we want to do is we want to create a culture here where somebody here perhaps surrenders their life to Jesus today. Well, that's great, but who's going to walk with them tomorrow? Somebody who's a believer right now is hearing this message and saying, I haven't been keeping it 100. Well, that's great this morning, but who's going to remind them that they haven't been keeping it 100 on Wednesday? And when, and when the storms come and shake their life, who's going to be there to support them so that they can continue to persevere in what they believe about Jesus Christ? We're not doing that, Church on the Rock. We're not. We invite people to a performance. We're not inviting people to ourselves. I'm all about doing Sundays. You know that. I work my tail off to do Sundays. But Sunday is not enough. This is 10% of the week, if that. So what are we doing the remainder of the week? I am blessed and privileged today, and I'm closing it out right now. I got invited by Linda to preach at Sheltering Wings about a month ago. What did we say about a month ago? Now, many of you know I went to India earlier this year. And you guys know the burden that was on my heart. I came back. I was trying to teach everything I learned and all of that. And I just begged God, how can I do something that's more than just sending money? Well, Linda gave me an opportunity to preach at Sheltering Wings, and when I got out there, I met I met Swati. And um, I preached, and she cried, I cried, and then I asked her, I said, I said, if you don't mind me asking, what's your ethnicity? And she said, I'm Indian. I was like, yes. And we talked. And we talked some more. I got permission to stay in communication with her. And she said, I would love to be baptized. So I was like, well, hold on, hold on. We got to do the first part about the believing in Jesus and everything. And she said, mm -mm -mm. you don't understand. I'm here in America because of my belief in Jesus. See, what y'all don't know is, is here where you can freely put on the performance and say, Jesus is Lord, 
over there it'll get you killed. You can't put on a performance over there. It'll cost you your life. And so when I got to talk to Swati one-on-one about a week, two weeks ago, we're sitting down in the room, and she, like, listen to this, y'all. This is, this is what it looks like, man. She said, it would be a dream come true to be baptized. She said, I already know that I belong to him. I already know that I'm his. But to follow that in obedience because he said to be baptized. Do you know how for granted we take that? Many will say, Lord, Lord. She said, I, it would be a dream come true if I could be baptized. And we do a golf clap. No, no, no. This is the real deal. But it doesn't take living in India to have this same fire for Jesus. We have our own stuff here. Just as demonic of things going on here. But for us, it's called comfort. It's the fact that there is nothing challenging you when you say Jesus is Lord. And you're left to just sit and think that everything is okay because you did whatever the cultural standard was, not Christ's standard. Well, let Swati be your example this morning of what it means to actually surrender all. She's here because of her faith in Jesus Christ. That has to wreck your soul. I challenge you all, as we get ready to sing this last song, I Surrender All, I challenge you all to ask yourself, is that really what you're doing? I challenge you all to keep it 100 and ask yourself, do you truly surrender all for Jesus? All means all, y'all. Every area of your life. Would you pick up and leave your country, give up all your rights in this beautiful country of ours for Jesus? Many of you will say yes, but you won't even do it with your Facebook. So, Ty, if you could come up with the rest of the team. And if there's anybody here this morning who is feeling that challenge and wants to respond to that challenge, we're here, and we'll walk with you. If there's anybody else who's here who, who perhaps you've already started that relationship with Jesus, but you're just broken right now, we have this thing called the altar Feel free to lay down your burdens right here, but you don't even have to come up here. That altar could be at your seat. It could be on the, on the shoulder of your spouse. <laughs> we just want you to come to a place where you actually surrender all. So I pray you let this message be more than 10% of your week. Amen? Amen.
ahead and sing that chorus one more time and just surrender it all to Jesus this morning. I surrender. I surrender. This podcast is a ministry of Church on the Rock in Brownsburg, Indiana. If you want any more information about our church family, our pastor, or where we meet, please visit our website, www.churchontherockbb.com.
You have? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I've heard, I've, I've talked to one person that had seven lashings and the pain they talked about, and this guy has had it five times at 39 of them. So who's, who's, who's had that happen to him? Perfect. Okay. Three times I was beaten with rods and once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in the depths of the sea. On frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the open country, dangers on the sea, and dangers among false brothers. Labor and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and lacking clothing. Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, we thank you so much for just the opportunity um, to speak, to hear your word. Lord, we know that we are in tough times right now. And Lord, we know that the only way we as Christians can get through this is if we truly trust you. Lord, I ask that as we go through this message, Lord, that we can turn our focus not at the coronavirus, not at masks or no masks, not at Democrat or Republican, Lord, but you, Jesus. Lord, that we can reroute our entire focus on you. Lord, that we can get all the distractions of this life out. And Lord, I pray that we can have conversations with people and not with social media. Lord, I pray that we can get face-to-face -face with people. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so when you guys, wa who watches the news? Ralph, I didn't think you were a news watcher, and I, he works with me. Okay, that's crazy. All right, um, I'll, I'll get on that here in a minute to why I say that. So what are some bad things that you have recently heard that upsets you? Somebody say something. Shooting in Brownsburg. I'll just put shooting because it's everywhere. But yes, okay. Shooting. I can spell that one. Anybody else? Bad news that you have heard about recently. Witches calling blinkers on our president. What, huh? Witches calling on our president. Say that one more time. I don't even know how to write that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Making, I don't know, something about Trump. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> okay. All right. Something else. Something that's really upset you lately with all this news that's going on. Huh? Sex trafficking. That's huge right now for sure. Okay. COVID. COVID, yeah. I'm over COVID. Co COVID didn't bother me anyway, some kid said the other day. Lack of chain. Oh, lack of change. Coins, that would have been way better. Here, let me draw a penny. 
Well, I'm going to write messy anyway. Okay. Anything else? Church is being shut down. That's good. Family businesses. Now we're coming. I like it. What did you say? <laughs> I'm done with you. Uh, masks. So I'll tell you the one thing and why I don't watch the news anymore. Too many saying this and then a whole other group saying the complete opposite. You don't know what to believe. And so what does that cause? That cause causes division, right? Causes division. This right here is only going to cause division to those that don't believe. If we pick this up and read this and make this our news, all this other stuff would go away. But instead, we always want to fight and argue with our side. I've seen strong brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ take a stand that I've never seen them stand up for Jesus that way. But man, they're not wearing a mask. Man, you got to wear a mask. You're going to get me sick. All right, I got opinions, oh my gosh, and if we want to sit one-on-one, I'll talk to you all day about opinions, all right, because I have them. My wife punches me all the time and tells me to shut up, all right? So I have them, but I typically won't have them unless it's a conversation. That's what we lack. You can't build a relationship unless you build conversations. The reason I feel that my department at work is good is we talk all the time. Do we have issues, Ralph? Do we have issues? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. We have issues, but we talk. We talk. And he loves me. There's nothing better than a grown man walking away from my office yelling, I love you, brother! All right, right in front of everybody. But that's how it should be. That's how we should act. We should make sure that people know we love them. We can disagree. All right. I know you guys probably don't believe this, but Rashad and I disagree on a lot of things. All right. But I tell you what we agree on this. And you will never see me or Rashad argue in front of anybody because it's divisive. Their pastors are the same pastor of the same church. They don't agree on the same thing. No, no. But it's okay. It is okay not to agree. All right. So, turn to 2 Corinthians 4, not 44, but 4, all right? And we're going to be in uh, verse 7, and we're going to read some things here, all right? Now, if the ministry of death, that is not right, 4, 7, yep, I was in 3, sorry. Now we have the treasure, now we have this treasure in clay jars. So that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are pressured in every way. We are perplexed. I'm sorry. We are pressured in every way, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, 
but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. All right, all these things, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have experienced. All right, so let's write those down. We are what? Pressured, right? We are pressured. Good gravy. I got the big one. All right. What's that? Persecuted. Yeah, I've got, yeah, there it is. Okay. Perplexed. All right. Struck down. down. All right. But I want you guys to read the but nots. We are pressured in every way, but we're not crushed. All right. Is pressure bad right now? Right? The school thing is driving people crazy. The kids got to wear masks all day. Parents don't want that. Okay, we're going to do e-learning. We're going to do homeschooling. The pressure's heavy right now, right? Finances are tough. Moms are deciding to leave the workforce to go home to homeschool their kids. Pressures right now are tough, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted. Are we persecuted? Absolutely. You can't have Christian beliefs and not get persecuted for it right you take a stand against abortion all oh, you just hate people what that's what the bible says right i believe in a savior that came to this earth lived a perfect life died and rose from the grave you be- you believe stuff like that i mean everything we believe as a christian someone has something they want to come back at us about and try to tell us that this is false. This is false. And then you take them to the chain shortage. It's talked about it. It's already been said. We knew that was coming. That's no secret. Right? If you're a Christian, you know this stuff's going to come. You know persecution is going to happen. You know that the world is going to attack. We are struck down, but not destroyed. One of the things I have done that I have found so nice is I had every single news channel you could think of on my phone. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, Channel 13, Fox 59. I had it all. And then I had notifications on them. So my phone never shuts up. All right? Constant. All right? And you got this and that. And Democrats are doing this. Republicans are doing this. And I never, ever seen or heard anything about Jesus. Not once have I seen it. Not one time. I've deleted all my sports apps. And if you guys know me, I don't watch it. I can, I have not watched a show in 10 years. I've probably watched every football game in the last 10 years. All right. I've deleted every sports app, every single one of them. Because guess what? I would get updates that was from sports sites that had nothing to do with sports. The only app that I have that I get updates from now, notifications, is my Bible app. That's it. And sometimes the daily verse is rough. It's hard. But it comes from Jesus. 
We have to get away from this divisive nature. We have the right to our opinion, right? We had men and women that died for that. We have that right. But if it takes away from Jesus, why are we doing it? Why do we do it? Because we have an opinion? Because our opinions are right? Let me tell you, my opinion is always right. All right? Ask my wife. They're always right, and then I sleep on the couch. No, I'm just kidding. She doesn't do that to me. But we all have an opinion. But if you differ, talk. Talk to each other. I'm so, so tired of reading these posts on Facebook. By the way, I deleted that too. I get on it when my wife says, hey, you, did you see that? And it's got to be something I want to see or I won't go on there. But I don't have the app anymore. I got rid of it. Because it's just so hateful. Who's on the chatter pages? Oh, my gosh. You want to ruin your day? Go on chatter. All right? It'll ruin your day just like that. And the problem is you see these people in public and they won't say a word. It's all keyboard bullying. Why don't we pound people with Jesus? Tell people about Jesus. Tell them what Jesus has done in your life. I hate to tell you guys all this, but we're all going to die. That's a fact. If it's COVID, if it's the flu, if it's because I'm fat, we're all going to die. It's inevitable. There's two things that are going to happen. You're going to be born and you're going to die. And you have a choice in between those two things. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? If you haven't, guess what? You're going to lose. But the end game is, if you have, you're going to win. Trust me, I would much rather be with Jesus right now than in this mess. But he has me here. Therefore, he has me here, so therefore I have to tell people about him. There's only one reason we're still here, guys. And that's to let people know who Jesus Christ is. Think about this week alone that just went. With all the negativity, has any of you in this room, and you don't have to raise your hand yes or no, have any of you actually not talked about Jesus, but have you shared Jesus with someone that does not know him? It's hard. But my gosh, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do that. And I know it's hard to run into people nowadays, right? You're in Walmart, they're like... <laughs> right? So I know it's tough, all right? And that's what the devil wants. He doesn't want us to talk to each other. But do it for Jesus. He died for you, all right? Sinners, disgusting people, he died for us. Down at church camp this year, Jeff Matthews was telling the kids how nasty they are. And I think it upset some of them, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think some of them were like, this dude, I can't believe he just said some of that stuff about us. It's all true. It's all true. But Jesus' blood makes us white as snow. Amen. And for some reason, during these stupid times, I'm just going to say it, stupid times, we get lost in the fact that who our Savior is, what he has pulled us out of. I don't know about you, but I can tell you all kinds of things Jesus has pulled me out of and still pulls me out of today. Just because I'm a Christ follower doesn't mean life is easy, because it's not. 
Life's tough. And when you step away from Jesus and get in your own boat, it's going to get a whole lot harder. Those storms are going to get a lot harder. Those people's opinions are going to upset you even more. But when you're grounded in Jesus and you let Jesus help you make your decisions, when you ask him for what you need to do, it's going to get a little easier. It just hurts me, and I know it hurts Rashad, when our people that we have talked about, I don't care that you're a Democrat. I don't care that you're a Republican. Are you following this? That's all I care about. And then have conversations with people. Some of the best political conversations I have ever had are with people with opposite views of me that are willing to talk. And I've been able to change their minds, and they've been able to change mine. But that's because we had conversations. So many times we are scared to talk. Just talk. Remember, Jesus was beaten for you. He didn't have to do it. Thank you for doing it. We're going to close on that thought. I want you guys to think for a minute. Something that I have never seen. I don't want it to be fake. I tell the kids at church camp this all the time. Don't come up to this altar because you are emotionally caught up in the moment. Because so many times, specifically children, teenagers, will get so caught up because their friend is at the altar bawling about boyfriend A or B, I don't know. And then they totally miss what the Spirit is trying to do. But not this week, not next week, but when you feel led to just give it all to Jesus, when you feel led to say, Jesus, I'm going to stop this divisiveness. Lay it at the altar. Lay it at his feet. He will take it. He will help you with it, but you got to want to do it right? Parents, we know what our kids need. We know what they want. How much sweeter is it when they realize how much you're providing for them? And they come and say, thank you. Thank you. When's the last time you thanked Jesus? When's the last time you said, thank you for the breath I'm breathing? For me standing on my own two feet? For me not having COVID? For me beating COVID? for me waiting for the flu season to get my flu shot, all this stuff. When's the last time we thanked Jesus for that? And if we're not living our life right, I pray that you lay that before Jesus. I can look among the crowd. We're not packed here tonight or today, but I guarantee there's some of us living in sin right now. I'm guilty. Lay it at the feet of Jesus and let him take it away. You guys, I hate to tell you this, but your strength ain't good enough. You need his strength. Because without Jesus, we're nothing. We're a nobody. You might be known by 100 million people. You're still a nobody. The only person that matters that knows you is Jesus. It's the only person that matters. With Jesus, the end of the story, you win. Without Jesus, the end of the story, you lose. 
what kind of legacy are you going to leave here on this earth? Someone that was always arguing about stuff that didn't matter about Jesus, and then people get so lost and your divisiveness that they didn't even realize you were a Christian? And you go to heaven and then they're at your funeral and they hear that you were a Christian? And they go back to their buddy and be like, he was a Christian? Who wants that? Stand for Jesus. When people are doing things that aren't right, walk away. Don't argue with them. Don't argue. Trust me, people get the message. I do it every day. Just roll out. Worship girls, ladies, if you can come up. I'll get this big old pot out of your way. But as, they, as you guys stand and as they prepare to sing, this ain't going anywhere anytime fast. The going joke is in November this will be over. And that may be true. But if a Democrat gets in office, the Republicans will come up with something that they'll make a big deal out of. If the president wins the re-election, the Democrats will keep on going. What are you guys going to do? Are you guys going to buy into the right wing or the left wing, or are you going to buy into Jesus? That's what we got to do. And it's not easy. Trust me, I like arguing. It's fun. It's fun. But do it behind closed doors, and do it lovingly. And when you guys walk away, be able to hug each other and shake hands and say, brother, we're just going to agree to disagree on this. But stand on Jesus. If you're not standing on Jesus and you walk away, shame on you. Shame on you. Stand on Jesus. Please stand.
All right. As we close, I want you guys to do not me a favor, but do Jesus a favor this week and tell someone about him. Tell them the king you worship. Tell them the political party you worship. And that political party is Jesus. All right? So give it up one more time for the youth. And then if you are able to help, I'm going to run, open garage door, pull that thing in there, and help move that um, bounce house out of that trailer. So if you guys see how big that trailer is, it's not very big, but the bounce house takes up the whole thing. So it's relatively huge. So anyway, and then we'll be moving it again in the chili cook-off if we do that this year. So remember what we spoke about before the sermon. Um, and if you have any questions, let me know. Security team, if you're interested, let me know. All right, let's pray. Thank you guys for coming. Have a great week. Dear God, Lord, we thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity to be in your house, this opportunity, Lord, just to really refocus. And Lord, I just pray that all of us in this room, Lord, can refocus on you. Lord, we've all been caught up in all of the stuff that's going on. We sometimes lose sight of the end goal. And Lord, I pray for forgiveness on that. Lord, I pray that uh, you'll just continue to be with Rashad as he's preaching three sermons. I'm sure he is covered in sweat at this moment. Lord, I just pray that you give him the, the strength to get through. And Lord, that you give him a time of rest today at the end. And Lord, I just thank you for all those who have come out. Lord, I thank you for the beautiful weather we have outside right now. It's in Jesus Christ's precious holy name we pray. Amen. With that being said, don't bother Rashad today. If you need anything, call me. He's going to be exhausted. Let him rest. All right? Love you guys. Love you, brother. Love you, brother.